Hello and welcome to the debut show of Viz. My name's Star. And I'm Izzy. And we are just going to get straight into it and start by telling you a bit about ourselves. Over to you, Izzy. So I'm Izzy. Um, Sometimes people say they are fascinated by everything and it's a huge overstatement. But when it comes to me, it's actually true. I am madly curious. I literally love everything. I'm a (laughs) bit nerdy, but I also absolutely love dancing. Um, And another thing I love, a bit strange, is I just love thinking. I love philosophy Mm. and just like thinking, really thinking hard about things. And that's one of the reasons I'm super excited to do this show. Um, That's me. Yeah. And Star. Yeah, amazing. Uh, Well, yeah, my name's Star. Um, There's lots of things I love and I'm passionate about. Um, I'm studying journalism. So when it comes to that, I'm really passionate about issues of social justice, politics uh, and international relations. Um, Anything to do with women's rights really interests me. Um, Politics, I love it and hate it all at the same time. Um, I absolutely love cooking and basically anything... Uh, related to food uh, will get me going um quick shout out run a food instagram account if anyone's interested <laughs> um but i also i love reading and words much like izzy um i've always been a massive bookworm um and something which fascinates me about words is i just love the possibility of them what they can create the world the, the worlds that they can create and the the kind of barriers that they can that they can cross um and on that, I think another thing that can really uh, cross barriers is music. I absolutely adore music. I grew up in a properly music-loving family. Um, my dad is into DJing on vinyl um, and used to have his deck set up in the living room. Um, so I kind of really grew up with just these sounds and this love of soul and funk and house. Um, and And my love of music just kind of started from there, really. Um, and to be honest... I think to sum me up, if I could just spend my days listening to soul music and eating soul soul food, I'd be very happy <laughs> indeed. Um, so on that, we wanted to um, just kick off the show um, by doing a song choice um, each, uh, which kind of represents um, a happy memory to us um, or not a happy memory um, and just something which kind of can sum us up a little bit. Um, so my song choice um is one that does have a really happy memory attached to it it's a song that my mum and I would whack on especially when she was um maybe doing the housework like hoovering or something or or I had to tidy my room we'd put this on really loud um and we'd just like absolutely go flipping mental (laughs) together um and this the track itself is off a legendary album that I still listen to uh, on repeat um and my mum and I actually went to see this artist uh, in concert as well uh last year um so the song itself another reason I love it is it's just a real anthem of female empowerment so the track is do wop that slash that thing and it's by the legendary Miss Lauren Hill. Girls, you know you better watch out. Some guys, some girls are only
looking for your friend The one you let hit it and never called you again Remember when he told you he was about to bend your mans You act like you ain't him, they give him a little trim to begin Now you think you really gon' pretend Like you wasn't down and you called him again Plus when you give it up so easy you ain't even fooling him If you did it then, then you probably can Talking out your necks and you're a Christian A Muslim sleeping with the gin Now that was the sin that did Jezebel in Who you gon' tell when the repercussions spent? Showing off your ass cause you thinking it's a trend, girlfriend Let me break it down for you again You know I only say it cause I'm truly genuine Don't be a hard rock when you really are a gin, baby girl Respect is just the minimum Nigga, you still defending them now Lauren is only human Don't think I haven't been through the same predicament Let it sit inside your head Million women in Philly pen. It's silly when girls sell their souls because it's sin. Look at where you be in. Hair weaves like Europeans. Fake nails done by Koreans. Come again. And his Tims and his women, him and his men come in the club like hooligans. Don't care who they defend, Papa Yang. You got yeah. Stop pretend. The one that pack pissed out by the waistman, crisped out by the casement. Still the name of the spaceman, the pretty face man, claiming that they did a bit, man. Need to take care of their three or four kids. Been the face in court case when the child supports late. Money taking heart breaking. Now you wonder why women hate me. The sleepy solid man, the punk domestic violence man, the quick to shoot the semen. Stop acting like boys and be men. How you gon' win when you ain't right with them? How you gon' win?
that second song choice was The Calling by Rene Levice featuring Canadian singer Ivy Mary. Um, it was released in 2015 in his Playing With Fire album. Now, that song is so powerful for me because I was driving home from school one day with my mum and I was having such an emotional time. And the song came on and me and my mum just simultaneously started crying. And now that song is so, it means so much to both of us. And every time we hear it, we, we have a big hug and dance around and just almost sometimes have a cry, sometimes have a giggle. But it, it's just, it just means a lot to me. So I thought I'd play that one. Why are we so cute? Just singing songs with our mums. <laughs> God. It's like, oh, tell us a bit about yourself. Wow, I love my mum. I love my mum. <laughs> <laughs> you got to give a shout out to the mum in the first Oh, episode. yeah. Shout out, mum. Love you. I love you, mum. <laughs> um, so, you might be wondering who are these uh, random girls telling you uh, about their mums uh, and playing you uh, random music choices. Well, we are a discussion-based podcast and show where the power of human connection and the age of information is the real driver behind our content. So I wanted to just start by unpacking our name a bit because that's a big part of um, what we are about um, and, and it tells a lot about the kind of things that we want to cover in this new show. So there's three elements to this show um, and to our name. Um, so the three elements um, are me and Izzy, um, the guests that we want to uh, get on and speak to, and last but definitely not least, our listeners. So the name Viz, V-I-S, uh, that is a Latin word for power or force. And this we really kind of felt represents um, what we want to uh, be for our listeners. So knowledge is power and we want to give power to our listeners through knowledge. Whether that's informing you of something that you didn't know before or opening your mind and empowering you to make a change on something you didn't know about. Uh, we want to be a force for change um, in your life inspiring you um, even if it's just the tiniest bit to feel more equipped on topics of social or political importance now the second part vis-a-vis uh, -vis. uh, so that represents um, our guests and Izzy and I so vis-a-vis -vis, um, has its roots uh, in a French saying which means face to face or face on so that has kind of become our extended name or our slogan um, and that kind of represents us wanting to take on topics face on, but also really kind of get up close and personal with our interviewees and with each other in our discussions. We really want to lean into topics that people shy away from uh, and maybe even make ourselves and you a bit uncomfortable at times. But we want to do that all through chat and music and open discussion, basically. Um, and the third part just V-I-S, Viz, 
that stands, those initials stand for very important stuff. So quite simply, if we don't think it's important, if we don't think it's important, we won't talk about it. So that's kind of um, a bit about our name. Um, and Izzy, do you want to just un- kind of unpack a little bit for us the kind of topics that we're going to be looking at? Yeah, so this is almost, me and Star are both journalists, and this is sort of a longer form of journalism. It's taking the power of conversation, the power of talking to people, um, to spark a conversation, to get people changing their habits if it means benefiting something um it's it's audio as activism and Mm. uh we we just we just want people to get thinking get chatting connect with others and you know sometimes you've got a debate sometimes you've got to make yourself uncomfortable sometimes you've got to accept that you're wrong about things and that's just something that we want to explore in this podcast slash show so um some of the topics that we're going to cover the first one that we're going to talk about is I'm actually really excited about it's death and dying so our society is full of taboos surrounding death surrounding how people should die when people should die all of this stuff it's so loaded and it's it's not talked about enough and I think that we need to talk about it a bit more so that's something I'm personally really excited about that's one of the topics we'll be exploring mm, mm, such an important one as well isn't mm-hmm. it really yeah. um so another topic that we really want to look at and this might uh, cover um a couple of um episodes and that is on body so we want to look at everything from health and fitness to body image and um maybe even sexuality as well so for instance um we're really interested in this uh, idea of a stigma around uh, female masturbation or maybe even the changing reality of what sexuality is actually portrayed to be today. Um, so that's another topic. Um, we also would love to have a whole show dedicated to music. So whether that's tracks from our years, songs filled with political or social commentary, songs for good days, songs for bad days, um, but also kind of really unpacking and exploring just the power power of music and and the power that it has in our lives uh another topic we'll be looking at is words um so words are some of the most powerful things that we have as tools as humans um we're going to look at spoken word looking at poetry speaking to spoken word artists um and generally just talking to really good speakers we're going to be looking at the written word the power of literature and how it can give people strength it can be cathartic um, and also words in action. So rap as therapy for offenders, uh, lyricism as a way to get yourself out of really deep and dark places. Um, and then each week we will also have a blurt of the week. So this is going to be a thought, a quote, something that's caught our eye in the week. Um, and we'll, we'll just let you guys know about it and hopefully get you guys thinking about it as well. We also want to do a series on women. Because uh, we love women, um, also men, but we love women, <laughs> so we can, we're going to do a series on them. Um, and so we're going to look at things like uh, women changing the game. So we want to interview um, like official women or maybe even female athletes, um, women in industry. So um, having an episode on maybe like lights, camera, and sexism, looking at women in the stage. Um, 
and also female creativity. So interviewing photographers, um, poets, uh, podcasters, other podcasters or, or show hosts, uh, looking at female form and creative tension. Um, yeah, so as uh, so that's that's another series that we also really want to cover. And as well as all those things which we've spoken about, there'll be many, many more. Um, and we also want to cover um, keynote topics. So um, for me, what a keynote topic which is which is uh, in the world at the moment is this issue of systemic racism in the West, um, largely because of, uh, you know, still the marks of colonialism still all around us um and so we i want to look at things like uh looking into the blm protests of this summer um and then izzy i think there's uh yeah i'm gonna i'm really keen to get talking about the climate crisis and Mm. how the disparity between um, consumerism the way our economy is structured the way our societies are structured and the incongruity of that to our instincts as animals and how we are part of an ecosystem um yeah so i'm really keen to dive into that as well it's really relevant and and really important um yeah and we also want to touch a little bit on um political polarization but that will kind of come into a lot of the different topics that we're looking at anyway so yeah we're gonna go on to another song choice now so i have chosen um groove armada's super styling released on the goodbye country album in 2001 and i chose this song Mm -hmm. simply because it makes me move and Mm. i think that it's hard not to move to this song in the beginning you can hear the um you can hear groove armada talking about it and they talk about how rhythm is a universal language and i think that just speaks volumes to me and that's one of the reasons that nobody can keep their feet still Mm. when they listen to this song
up on the line. One time lyrics, they must stick on your mind. A tune. Oh, such a tune. It's such a tune. 
Oh, I actually haven't listened to that song in so long as well. I know. So, oh. it, it's just, oh, it's a groover. It's a groover, it's a mover. It's a groover and a mover, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so moving into um, the second part of uh, the show today, we really wanted to um, kind of just talk a bit about where we are at the moment, and that is in lockdown. <laughs> um, so first of all, uh, we just kind of wanted to talk a bit about our lockdown thoughts, how we're feeling about it. I personally um, felt really frustrated when I found out we were going to go into a second lockdown. Um, I've just found myself eating so much yep. food. Yeah, I can definitely vouch for that. Yeah, constantly just like... It seems like the only activity to do. Honestly, really. and, <laughs> it's, and it's kind of like when, you know, at Christmas time, you know, when you're just eating and you're like, I'm not even enjoying this anymore. No. But it, it but it's like, like that. But now, to do. <laughs> literally, and you know, shocking discoveries like literally anything can go in a sandwich. <laughs> like, what was, your, what was your last sandwich filler? Go on. Um, what was my last sandwich filler? Oh gosh, you know, there I am going on about it now. I can't, can't even remember. Even <laughs> oh, I had a carrot sandwich. No, <laughs> no, I did, <laughs> I did, because because I was there. Like, I can't actually warrant just making myself a ca- uh, sandwich in the middle of the day. So I thought, if I just grate a carrot yeah. and put it in, yeah, logical. You know, one of your five a day at the same time. Anyway, we're not here to talk no, about my talk sandwich about habits. Um, so. One of the things I've also found myself doing um, more since being in lockdown is just spending so much time on my phone, just on social media. Literally hours of the day will pass and then I'll just find myself like, oh, like throwing my phone down almost like in disgust. Like, how have I spent so long on that and where did it go? And I think, and where did the time go, sorry? And so I think what Izzy and I really wanted to talk about um, and base our discussion around um, was uh, a documentary which recently was released on Netflix called The Social Dilemma and it addresses this exact topic about us being addicted to our phones and why that is happening. So for those of you that haven't seen it, um, here is the trailer for you to have a listen and then we'll get going. When you go to Google and type in climate change is, you're going to see different results depending on where you live and the particular things that Google knows about your interests. That's not by accident, that's a design technique. What I want people to know is that everything they're doing online is being watched, is being tracked. Every single action you take is carefully monitored and recorded. A lot of people think Google's just a search box and Facebook's just a place to see what my friends are doing. What they don't realize is there's entire teams of engineers whose job is to use your psychology against you. I was the co-inventor of the Facebook like button. I was the president of Pinterest. Google. Twitter. Instagram. There were meaningful changes happening around the world because of these platforms. I think we were naive about the flip side of that coin. We get rewarded by parts, likes, thumbs up. And we conflate that with value and we conflate it with truth. A whole generation is more anxious, more depressed. I always felt like fundamentally it was a force for good. I don't know if I feel that way anymore. Facebook discovered that they were able to affect real world behavior and emotions without ever triggering the user's awareness. They are completely clueless. 
fake news spreads six times faster than true news. We're being bombarded with rumors. If everyone's entitled to their own facts, there's really no need for people to come together. In fact, there's really no need for people to interact. We have less control over who we are and what we really believe. If you want to control the population of your country, there has never been a tool as effective as Facebook. We built these things, and we have a responsibility to change it. The intention could be, how do we make the world better? If technology creates mass chaos, loneliness, more polarization, more election hacking, more inability to focus on the real issues, we're toast. This is checkmate on humanity. So I don't know if you uh, could gather this uh, from the trailer, um, but the premise of the documentary is that we are all being controlled and manipulated by algorithms on social media that track everything from what we look at and how long for to who we message and when. And it's uh, it's made by a man called Tristan Harris and mm. all of the people that feature in it are actually the coders um the ex-workers people the who founders been, yeah, people of who have been yeah. a massive part of these social network organizations so they know what it's like to be inside them yeah exactly and i don't know about you is but i just watched it and was like oh my gosh this is such scary stuff it was disturbing it was the word it, it was disturbing. so disturbing yeah. and i was particularly impacted by this idea of our attention being sold so we as individuals are not the product it's our attention that is the product and so these social media platforms are basically selling our attention what what is gonna kind of draw us in and they, and they sell that to advertisers and not only that to keep our attention they manipulate our behavior mm. they manipulate us in it's incremental manipulation to the point so it <laughs> seems invisible but eventually we end up wanting these things mm. because they've manipulated us to want them yeah and and it happens really gradually um you know and it does it does raise one of those questions kind of would you know you know would you know that your opinion is being changed about something gradually over time i don't know you know i kind of think i'm quite aware about um politics and you know what i think and feel about different issues happening in the world but if it's happening on such a slow gradual basis and we're just being drip fed these narratives by every social media platform on our phone would we even know mm. that, that 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 change is happening and occurring yeah this is the thing like it's so hard as much as i feel like a self-aware um person who cross-references things and doesn't just believe what I read but even so I did feel really threatened by this documentary mm, and I was like mm, oh my god I need mm. to take a long hard look at what I'm doing with my phone and, yeah and totally consider my behavior yeah and they also talk about um 
kind of through through this method of them constantly um drawing on our attention and you know using these algorithms to get us hooked on social media that social media actually becomes like a digital dummy and people are you know begin to use it to squash feelings of depression and loneliness and I've actually found myself doing this as well you know it's not just procrastinating sometimes when I go on my phone um, but I find myself kind of picking it up and scrolling through social media spending hours looking at content that's of no benefit to me and I do it when I'm feeling low about myself or my work and it that's just it it's so addictive it's kind of like it numbs all those Mm. feelings doesn't it I don't know if this if this is something that I just do I highly doubt it is but um, even like looking at the profiles of of people that I almost want to be more like. Yes. And it, knowing that it's going to make me feel worse. Yes. But yeah. not being able to resist. Not being able to drag your eyes you away. Can't drag yeah. Your eyes away. You're yeah. Like, I just feel like I need to look at this person just for some absurd reason. But it, you can tell that it's damaging. Mm, uh, it mm. just feels so. And do you know, what? I had this thought a minute ago. Mm. Um, the Orwellian. Like dystopian vision of Big Brother is watching you. Mm. It's changed. It's become Big Brother is manipulating you. Oh god! Big Brother is actually changing how it's you controlling are your life. Exactly. It's yeah. Not just watching. It's actually controlling you. Mm. Um. Oh gosh, it's so important. This documentary is so important. It's oh yeah. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Um, but it's not just that um element of um social media being addictive uh, that they cover. Um, it's actually the more sinister implications of of what can happen when you know people are manipulated on mass. Mm-hmm. So one of um the examples um which I think you wanted to talk through a bit yes. is was on the. Well, you you go for so it. It's yeah, the, it's the they they discuss how social media in manipulating the way that people live is having an effect on real world situations. It's not just making us change the way we look at our phone. It's actually making us change how we live in the world. And the biggest example of this they talked about is the genocide that's happening in Myanmar. Now, since 2017, the Rohingya Muslims in Myanmar have been cracked down on. The military have been basically... There's massive violence against them. Mm -hmm. Thousands, hundreds of thousands of Muslims have to flee to Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. The um, country's leader, who was once a human rights icon, has and has repeatedly denied allegations of genocide, actually uh, didn't include them in the 2014 census and didn't recognise them as humans. So th- this is how bad it is. Mm. But this, so this genocide started as uh, an ideological thing. Mm. And in 2017, the Myanmar military started to make fake accounts on Facebook. Um, now, something that Tristan Harris, the guy, one of the guys who made Social Dilemma, talks about is this idea that Facebook... Um, in quite a lot of third world countries will automatically be downloaded onto a mobile phone. So when you go and buy a smartphone, it's got Facebook on it. And so most of the 18 million internet users in Myanmar mm-hmm. think Facebook is the internet. So they're only the only thing they use on the internet is Facebook. Um, so the military used this and they, they thought, right, how can we cause divisiveness 
in our society? How can we make, how can we further our political interests using this tool? And that what they did was they made these fake accounts. They pretended to be fans of pop stars, national heroes. Um, and they, they started flooding Facebook with hatred and saying that Islam was a global threat to Buddhists um, and, and just and just like spreading this this absurd hate and it actually made the genocide so much worse. Mm. Rohingya Muslims were are still under such threat because of this problem. Mm. Um, uh, the UN said that they've basically turned the social <clears throat> network into a tool for ethnic cleansing. Oh gosh. Um, so th- like th- so it's hard to um it's hard to get across how significant these algorithms oh, and gosh, these yeah. social networks actually are in our societies. Yeah. I mean, another example of that um, is the war on drugs, which is actually still ongoing um, in the Philippines. Now, President Duterte uh, in the Philippines actually used Facebook to not only get elected, um, but then when he was elected, um, he used, again, similar... Uh, situation as in Myanmar, uh, used propaganda on Facebook to justify the culling and killing of drug users, which has racked up a death toll estimate to be over 12,000 since uh, 2019. And that's just kind of estimates that um, human rights groups and kind of external forces have, have, have been able to put together. But, you know, some people even estimate it to be way more than that you know kind of 20 30,000 people so again um it's just this power of social media to influence just absolutely atrocious situations um of people just being killed and um i actually recently um uh, interviewed the producer and director of a documentary called On the President's Orders, which goes into the situation in the Philippines in some detail, a guy called James Jones. And that was one of the standout things to him um, was he just said it is the power of social media and this war on drugs, which President Duterte has rolled out. It wouldn't have been possible without Facebook. It wouldn't have been possible without it. Yeah. And so we're talking about elections there and uh social media isn't just making people's behavior change it's affecting democracy in a big big way mm. it's um somebody in the social dilemma do- um, documentary actually said it's a global assault on democracy um and you can see that as well um in for example the cambridge analytica scandal um and for people who don't know what that was, it was um, the Facebook Cambridge Analytica, Analytica data scandal uh, was an incident where millions of Facebook users' personal data was acquired without the individual's consent by Cambridge Analytica, uh, predominantly to be used for political advertising. Um, and then, you know, since then, it's been claimed to be the largest known leak in Facebook history. Um, and, you know... That this was so. This was uh, during the 2016 election in the U.S. and digital consultants of uh, to the Trump campaign, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, were accused of having misused data from millions of Facebook users, and it just comes down again to this idea of truth. What is it? You know, in in the social dilemma, they say that um, 
fake news spreads six times faster than any other type of news mm. and, and yeah, yeah. They, and it it brings on this idea of of trust being eroded to the point where nobody believes anything yeah uh, and that that is what causes that's literally the driving force behind political polarization yeah and social media has almost like created this argument so loud on either ends of the political spectrum that it's just been that it's become impossible for people to hear one another anymore oh man is i'm telling you we need to revolt we need a revolution do you know one of the one of the things i heard because uh, i listened to another podcast with tristan harris in it as well and one of the other things i heard that just like it really disturbed me was so you know when you go on youtube you're watching mm. you're on a bit of a youtube binge mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you've got the recommended videos like down the side or mm-hmm. underneath and it, and it will automatically play the next one it will be say like that's how you get into a youtube rabbit warren basically (laughs) and and it will play the next one if if a young girl uh who's got body image image issues from social media is watching a diet video Mm. uh the algorithms won't recommend things that are good for her health it will recommend videos such as anorexia videos or eating disorder videos uh because that's what keep that's what will keep her attention that's what will make her keep watching you know uh and it's the the, these are the ways that the algorithms are are polarizing us yeah and believe in conspiracy theories directing us down avenues that we wouldn't normally have chosen Mm, mm, and dangerous avenues as well yeah massively yeah um so just to break up this you know discussion a bit um i've got another song choice uh for us this week uh a, quite on brand um we're talking about you know feeling like we need to change something we need a revolution so i um have picked um just a classic tracy chapman revolution feast your ears on this Don't you know We're talking about a revolution Sounds Don't you know We're talking about a revolution Sounds like a whisper While they're standing in the welfare lines Crying at the doorsteps of those armies of salvation Wasting time in the unemployment lines Sitting around Get there, yeah. Poor people are gonna rise up and take what's there. Revolution. Yes, finally the tables are starting to turn. 
debut show on all doom and gloom no, you know we're all not. you know certainly not um we just wanted to draw attention to the fact that actually there are pros uh, to social media um so we just wanted to quickly kind of talk about some of those pros you know um apart from the fact that you know you've got the world at your fingertips uh, it's connecting uh, you with people all over the world and especially uh, uh, for us as journalists or journalists in training that you know it's it's invaluable it's so important because we can we can connect and make a network with people yeah and in the the creation of digital communities has been something that's really really positive for so many people especially in lockdown so yeah it's it's not all bad it's not all bad no (laughs) um and and one thing which i just uh, wanted to quickly talk about uh which uh has been really positive um a way that social media has been used to affect really important change and that is with the rise of citizen journalism so that's the idea of ordinary people getting involved with journalism and getting citizens to become the journalists and document things that are happening in the world around us Uh, Now, there's a guy called Youssef Omar, and he's the co-founder of an organisation called Hashtag Our Stories. Uh, And that's an organisation who are using social media as a way to elevate the voices of people who might not otherwise uh, be able to have their stories told or who can't go to the mainstream media uh, out of fear. And now one example um, of a story that they ran with where they did a uh, a series uh, on rape victims in India uh, filmed themselves telling their story uh, but with snapchat filters on their faces to hide their identity um because it was so dangerous for these uh, young women to actually tell their stories because you know everyone um knows them in their local community and actually if they were found out to be telling their stories and to be going to the uh, media uh, they they'd be killed um so i just thought that this is actually a really positive positive example of how social media uh, can actually uh, be used for good and you know yeah i was just going to say that in in the social dilemma a lot of the interviewees that they have you know founders of these social media platforms and tech experts you know are saying that they never intended for a lot of the elements that we see on social media today uh, to cause as much stress and anxiety and become such a negative thing as as they actually have become um it's just that they've quite frankly lost control of it i don't i don't think anybody could have could have predicted quite how vast um Mm. prolific they've become 
Um, it's, it literally starts out with one man in a room, one man or woman in a room. Mm-hmm. And then it, it's become something that's affecting millions and millions of people all around the world. Um, yeah. No, uh, yeah, exactly. So I think, yeah, I think the takeaway from that is just be mindful, be aware, you yeah. know? And hopefully in the in the coming years, just as there's regulation in most other aspects of our lives, mm. um, hopefully we'll develop regulation in social media as well to, to counter the negative effects mm. um, and you know, as it as it goes on, there'll be more studies, more research that shows and demonstrates these effects mm. and and the damage it's doing, Mm-mm. which will be a, a a stepping stone in the journey to having ethical social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's an amazing idea that we could have that one day, isn't it? Ethical social media. <laughs> oh gosh, that'll be the day, won't it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and a- another thing that going online, so we're talking a lot about social media, but but lockdown has also just me- made us go online more. We're, we're seeing each other's faces online. We're doing our, like we, we're at mm. uni, we're doing our uni lectures online. Mm. We've got, um, and, and another thing, I was talking to my other friend who works with a uh, domestic abuse charity and, and she said that all of the therapy sessions had been moved online. Now, it, even though that sounds quite cold to do it mm. on a computer, I think quite a lot of the victims speaking to their therapists actually found it easier. They didn't mm. have to leave their house. Mm. They could be in a comfortable place. They could switch it off whenever they needed mm. to. They had more control over the situation, um, you know, and I feel like for a lot of people, that's almost the case is, is that this the, the technology is giving us more avenues to explore how to connect with humans, mm. how to um, develop communities. And, and I think especially, you know, in instances like lockdown, you know, it's enabling us to stay in touch with our families, um, you know, I, I FaceTime my grandma um, pretty much every other week. And, you know, that is the only connect. You know, she lives on her own. She's in a flat in London. She's not getting any other contact mm. other than that. And so I, I think, and, and, you know, like you were saying uh, with your friend who works in the domestic abuse charity, you know, isn't that amazing that these women who or men or children you know who who are recovering from really kind of traumatic experiences are able to recover uh, in a way um that you know isn't overwhelming and they can do it in their own time mm. um yeah and so I, I think that exactly and i think that's really um, important yeah as a as a student journalist, we, we've touched on this. As a student journalist, we we have to look for stories and stuff, and we have to. And obviously, technology is becoming the place to be f- for looking for stories. And mm. over lockdown, over the first lockdown, I was doing some work, trying to find news stories, and I was amazed at the adaptability mm, of humans. Gosh, it was yeah. like a week in, and there it was, was already, amazing. Yeah. I spoke to a guy who. Uh, was working on a rock pool project they were like posting uh rock pool leaflets and activities for kids to do yeah 
on their daily exercise. Yeah. And I spoke to uh, people who had set up the Facebook group for the Cornwall Sing for NHS. Yeah. And it literally connected the entirety of Cornwall. Yeah, and beyond. It, and went, beyond. it went further, didn't it? it like, it all huge. across the world. It's amazing. It was actually yeah. incredible. And um, another thing was uh, these local Facebook groups have been formed. So, like, Falmouth and Penryn support covid lockdown support group so that if you need help in lockdown you can post in the facebook group and and literally people will comment on your post within seconds mm. within minutes it like it's literally you're connecting with the neighbors you're connecting with the people in your community in ways that we didn't before mm. um which i think is amazing i really do I, yeah, I think I think I think that's been a massive plus for me mm-hmm. um, about lockdown. You know, um, aside from all the extra sandwiches, um, <laughs> it's just been the ability to yeah, just connect with them, um, just connect with people who you wouldn't usually, um, for sure. So I think that kind of wraps up everything that we wanted to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Before we end our show, though, yeah. I do have my blurt of the week for you guys. Yes. So, how could I forget the blurt of the week? How could I forget? So, um, we've had a lot of stressful, pretty heavy topics talked talked about in our in our show so far. But something some man said to me not long ago. I was in a really bad place, and and someone said something to me, and I say it to myself every single day now and i want you guys to remember this in lockdown every every day remind yourself of this and it's self compassion is not self-indulgence look after number one you are number one your body gets you places you have you're you are so important and you really matter and i just want you to remind yourself that you can love yourself without it being a guilty experience. So remember this, self-compassion is not self-indulgence. Oh, what a blur. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I think that wraps up I our think, show. I think, I think that wraps up our show. I think that's a good, that's a good yeah. outro. Yeah. Um, join us next week. Uh, we're going to be on every Friday at 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. Please come and join us. 96.1 FM, Source FM. Source FM. We'll be here uh, if you want to smile, if you want to get a bit angry, if you want to laugh, if you want to yeah. have a bit of a dance. Yeah, have come, a boogie. Come, come listen to us. Come listen to yeah. us. Yeah, we've got lots of in, of exciting topics in store, ready to chat, ready to get into. Yeah. Yeah. Ready to put out there. I'm Star. I've been Izzy. And this is Viz. Viz are We'll catch you next week. 